0: Stuckey's road trip is a a part of American highway and interstate war. Uh, Stephanie Stuckey is a former, is a graduate of the UNGA Law School. Go Bulldogs. I'm sure you're very happy with the most recent uh, uh, accomplishments. Uh, I am. You were a state representative from 1998 to 2013. Serving in my home county of DeKant County the Decatur area. Then you, you left to become executive director of Green Law, then chief resilience officer under Mayor Cassie Reed. 2019, you spent $500,000 to buy your grandfather's company <laughs> that was founded back in 1937. What led you to this journey that you're on right now?
1: Well, I think what really motivated me to take this s- somewhat crazy career pivot at age 54, which is how old I was when I bought the company, is that I had a lifetime of experiences road tripping. I think the listeners can really appreciate that because we're all about discovering what's special about Georgia. And for me, that really means getting in the car and taking the back roads and seeing what others may not always notice when they go on a trip. I like to see those offbeat sort of unusual places. So I had grown up really like anyone else who road tripped during that era in the 70s when I was a kid, but even in the 80s. And I knew that amazing experience of not only taking a trip by car, but we stopped at Stuckey's like everyone else. The company had fallen out of our family hands. I shouldn't say fallen. It sounds like we lost it. It was the deliberate move. My grandfather sold the company a year before I was born. He made a lot of money. He retired. He lived a good life. But unfortunately, after decades of outside ownership, we no longer had what made the brand special. And, So I remember those early years road tripping when the company was still, what a lot of us remember is this welcoming oasis on the side of the road where you could buy fun and unusual souvenirs. And since this has a visual component, I will show you, somebody sent me this recently. It's called a wee wee willy. (laughs) and It's a
0: little plastic boy and you pull it. I actually do remember. I think I may have had one when I was a kid.
1: It's a little scatological, but we sold that kind of stuff, whoopee cushions and ashtray shaped like toilets that say, put your butts here. But we also sold rubber alligators and snow globes and souvenir spoons and plates. And, of course, our wonderful, delicious treats, the pecan log rolls, what we're best known for. So all of that was really part of an experience. And it was wonderful and it broke my heart to see what happened to our brand progressively over the years. Is that we had a series of outside owners and it just was trashed. And here I had this completely unexpected opportunity. I literally got a call one day from the investment group that owned the company at that point, and they said, Stuckies is for sale. Are you interested? At that point, the company was six figures in debt. There were only 13 original stores still operating, none of which are owned by the company. They're independently owned and operated and pay a licensing fee. So there wasn't much left of the so-called Stuckey's empire, but I had this connection and association with what the brand had been and in my mind could still be and that there's still a need for that. And more importantly, I think at the core of all this, and you see this with family businesses, is that emotional connection with the family behind the business I loved my grandfather and his legacy was being trashed with what had happened to the brand by outside owners. And it just broke my heart. And then so, finally, you know, it was for sale, right? How would you get that chance to buy your family's business back?
0: So and- you're a third generation CEO yeah. of the family business. And you, you have I, I'm, Love your Twitter and Instagram posts. They are so cool and so very entertaining. Taking photographs of all the places you've been in Georgia. Talk to us, talk to us a little bit about some of the most interesting places. As we're on the Discover Georgia podcast on com, what's some of the places that you've encountered that really make Georgia a special
1: Well, like I said, I really enjoy discovering the places that aren't always on the top five list of things you should see in Georgia, like the Coca-Cola Museum or the Atlanta Zoo, which are wonderful and you should see. And I encourage that. But I also like these places that are a little off the map, off the beaten path, and one that I just visited and I hadn't been there since I was a kid. Uh, and it was amazing to see the transformation. Is and in Buna Vista, Georgia, a- outside of a, g- a Columbus? Are you familiar with that no,
0: place? No, I'm not. I'm so
1: sorry, it's folk art. Listen, yeah. yeah. So Georgia really has some of the best visionary folk art installations in rural communities. You'll find anywhere in the world. We have Howard Finster's Paradise Garden in Somerville, which is world renowned. And then you've got Pasaquan, St. Eom. uh, Eddie Owens Martin is the man who built that. There's also a man named R.A. Miller. And I believe it's outside of Gainesville. It's like Rabbitville or Rabbit Town is where his installation is. And then there's these quirky school buses that's up in North Georgia. That's this whole fun art place. So Georgia is rich in these quirky artists who just take everyday materials and create something of beauty that's lasting. Pasaquan is a complex, it's a couple of acres, and this man saint who named himself Saint Iam, he had a religion around this, and he built the this Complex and the buildings are just beautiful. The architecture is amazing and brightly painted with decorative art. And he he created jewelry and it's just a wonderful experience. And you're really out on this dirt road and it's now paved, but you're out there and you come upon this vision on the side of the road and it's it's just beautiful just to walk around there and experience the peace and the solitude that you get. So I like some of those visionary
0: art places. As far as some of the other places that you've been, I you're very well-traveled. Do you hint the interstates, or do you prefer some of the back road? Both. Both. Okay.
1: I'll tell you a fun fact. So a lot of exploring roadside America, especially in Georgia, is history. And I didn't realize this until I pulled over. In Valdosta, Georgia. I was giving a talk down there and I decided I was going to take a couple of hours and just see what the community had to offer. And there was a statue there right off the interstate commemorating the completion of the first mile of the US Interstate Highway System. It was completed in Georgia. It's I 85 South or North, depending on your direction. And they have a statue right out, off the road of President Eisenhower, who is the creator of the interstate highway system. And there's a plaque about the highway. Also, right down the road from there. Oh, correction, it's Tifton, Georgia. Getting my places wrong. It's Tifton because right down the street is the Peanut Museum, which is lovely. And there's a giant peanut out front. And I I'm
0: driven by that.
1: Yes, I love giant fiberglass things. There's also the wonderful fiberglass peanut that's grinning in Plains, Georgia, for President Carter. So those places are are interesting to me, and there's also some history behind it.
0: Is there any place in Georgia that you haven't been that you want to go to, that you want to visit? Let's see
1: Simons Island. That's hard to see, and it's also very expensive if you want to stay there. It's like $600 a night, so I think I have to sell a lot of the rolls to get the financing together for that. That's That's the one that's on my list. It's been cost prohibitive for me. Most of the places I visit are incredibly affordable, if not free.
0: Have you ever run into scenarios where the surrounding area might be a little bit, uh, you know, sketchy and you're... Yes. Okay.
1: Or places that are off limits. There's two places off limits, actually, I would love to visit. One is outside of Atlanta, and it's an old nuclear test plane that's... I, I'm forgetting now the name of the, the wildlife preserve, but it's in a wildlife preserve. And you, the public, it's not publicly accessible. The other is in Perry, Georgia, they have a reproduction of the Washington DC metro station, Farragut North, complete reproduction, rebuilt. And it's for the U.S. Department of Defense. And there's the military base right there, Warner Robins. So it's, it's there for emergency preparedness. But I think that would be so awesome to visit this exact replica of a D.C. metro station. But it's completely off limits. So there's just things like that, like, you just can't visit. It's not publicly available.
0: This episode of Discovery Georgia is going to be airing or debuting February 1st. February obviously being Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And then we're doing a lot of conversations with, with folks. One of my main interests is Sweet Auburn Avenue and yes. Avenue area. I mean, have, have you visited in that area? What can oh, yeah? Talk, talk to me a little bit about your impressions.
1: Well, what's interesting is how many of those buildings, frankly, have changed over time. And I, I personally would love to see them renovated more. There's a lot of buildings that are of historical significance that. Need to be preserved along that stretch. The one that has been lovingly preserved and is definitely worth a visit is not only the whole Martin Luther King, the modern complex, the modern center, but his birth home is just so informative and interesting. And then Ebenezer Baptist Church, which is right down the road. So those two are amazing. I actually walked the whole stretch of Auburn Avenue about a year and a half ago and I took with me a copy of the Green Book, which Back in the 1950s especially, but there were about 30 years when the Green Book was almost indispensable if you were a person of color traveling anywhere in the U.S., but especially in the Deep South when the Jim Crow laws were in full effect. And it was hard to know where you could safely stop and not feel threatened. And so the Green Book would identify places that would welcome African-Americans. And often those businesses were Black-owned so I walked up and down Auburn Avenue, and I had marked all the businesses from the green book that were on Auburn and made a point of trying to see each one of them, and none of the original businesses are still in operation. So that was if, – if I'm mistaken, I, I would love for somebody to call me and and say that I, I'm not, but I I walked that whole stretch and didn't see one – the only one that still had the same sign out front, but I heard that they've recently closed, and I'm forgetting the name, but it's the, the funeral home that's right there across diagonally across from Ebenezer Church. That sign is still there. Mm-hmm. But all the other businesses, uh, and some of them you can see plaques. So that that's fascinating to me. Uh, one Black History Month site I would recommend is on Jekyll Island. There's is a the blacks only beach has some wonderful historical markers that tell the history of that era. It is pretty heartbreaking to me that the Dauphin Club has been largely destroyed. That is the entertainment space on Jekyll Island for African Americans back in the 50s and 60s. And some of the best entertainers in the world, black entertainers in the world performed there. And all but the pavilion has been torn down, so you can only see the markers that show what it looked like. But that's a really historical site that I think people don't visit enough. Like you go to Jekyll and you think of playing putt-putt or renting bicycles, but there's this whole aspect of our nation's history that's just right off the bike path and you can See these markers that tell
0: the whole story, and that I'm 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 happy that you mentioned that. I was going to ask you. We talked about Auburn Avenue. We talked about Chuckle Island. Aren't there any other places in Georgia that you've encountered where it's that really contain? little-known jewels or nuggets of information about African-American history and the experience in Georgia that maybe people don't know about that really need a, a greater level of understanding and appreciation.
1: Well, there's a few that you can visit right now, and I'm thinking of some that I think should be sites but aren't just yet. There are quite a few around entertainers and Sports figures, certainly Hank Aaron. The Hank Aaron statue is one that immediately comes to mind. Also, wrote at Otis Redding Institute in Macon, Georgia. It's right in the heart of downtown Macon. It's right next to a cute little coffee shop. And here's the Otis Redding Institute. And they have a room in front that's a history of his life with some memorabilia, some educational signage. So I, I love that uh James Brown in Augusta you can go visit his uh st- well there's a statue for him right in the middle of downtown with him singing into a microphone and th- this I just did my own sort of de facto tour that I made up and you can see some murals in his honor uh there's a clothing store right in the middle of downtown Augusta Rubens which is where he bought a lot of his outfits <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely not on uh, a formal tour, but I just started researching where he went and what he did. And so you can find some of those jewels if you walk around downtown Augusta. Pretty much everything in downtown Augusta probably was touched by James Brown at one point or another. The site that I think should be memorialized uh, but has not yet is... The Chattahoochee Brick Factory,
0: Hmm.
1: which is alongside the Chattahoochee River in Atlanta on the west end of town, which used to be a brick company largely operated by uh, essentially uh, slavery by another name, labor. So this was in the post-Reconstruction era when African-Americans had been freed from slavery, but they were being re-enslaved through this practice of arresting people of color for any minor infraction. And then their sentence would be forced labor, often in factories under
0: hellacious Working conditions. So on being that's the part land of our history. The we don't have to talk century. about nineteenth yes. century. of the nineteenth century, early twentieth century.
1: Exactly. And so I know there are plans to restore that site. City of Atlanta is making progress on that, and there's a lot of people in the community, especially who live in that area, who are dedicated to seeing that preserved and memorialized respectfully. And then there's also a book called "Slavery by Another Name" by Doug Blackman, who talks in depth about this whole era in our history. And that site is in the book.
0: In the time that we have left on this edition of Discover Georgia podcast and and video element on all of our social media feeds, when you bought the company that was founded by your grandfather, you know, you, you really seem to have made the road trip and, and all of the, the elements of the road trip were only part of your your social media brand. Tell me a little bit about your strategy because your your posts are so entertaining in there and they're getting such a wide readership and audience. How did you come across, how did you develop that strategy for being very aggressive on on Twitter and Instagram with so many entertaining entertaining posts?
1: Well, thank you for recognizing it's a strategy. It's not haphazard. It's very deliberate, the messaging and the branding that our team has put together. I give a lot of credit to one of my business partners, Ted Wright, who's written a book called Fizz Marketing. It's all about word of mouth marketing, which is the most powerful form of marketing is you want to create opportunities for conversation around your brand that are organic. And so in order to do that, it can't just be a... Marketing campaign around how delicious our pecan snacks are, our log rolls or candies. That's boring. People need a story. They need something engaging that they can relate to and something that's authentic. So when we were thinking about ways that we could tell the story of our brand beyond just the historical facts of how we were founded and the, the, the creation story, right? It was all around the road trip. Our brand grew as the road trip grew. And for many in a certain era, we were synonymous with the road trip. So that connection is still there. And it's a way that we can spread the story of our brand to a new generation of people, because I think the road trip is something that defies categorization of age or gender or class or Ethnicity or any of that—it's—it's a great unifier. People, anyone can get in their car, with very few exceptions, and explore America. It's very affordable. It's very accessible. Uh, And the road trip to us represents freedom and control, which is an interesting dichotomy to me. But it's something that all of us, to a certain level, crave. You want the freedom of being able to get in your car and just go wherever you want to go. And this era when so much of what we do is scheduled and controlled by other people, especially with the pandemic, being able to just have that experience of, all right, I'm gonna go wherever I want to go and I'm gonna pick my tunes and I'm gonna pick my snacks and I'm gonna pick who gets to drive with me and I'm gonna pick where I pull over like all of that
0: damage, damage you know. total freedom. Whatever. but it's
1: also control, right? When- you get to control what you're doing, where you're going whether you pull over and if you see a quirky art installation on the side of the road, you could pull over. If you see a historical marker and you want to read what that's about, you can pull over. So that is fun and interesting to me. And I want to tell that story. And while I'm telling it, it's helping people connect and reconnect with our brand.
0: Are you worried that rising or Rising gas prices, inflation, all of that, advent of electric transportation or electric cars. Are you worried that people are not going to have the ready availability of hopping in their car and going across the state and just discovering Georgia? How much does the economy weigh on your business plan?
1: That's a good question. I think there's a couple ways to answer it. One is we are diversifying our business portfolio. Our product is being sold in grocery stores and community markets and convenience stores that aren't on the interstate highway system. So we're making our product accessible, whether you get in a car or not. And even if you aren't able to experience a road trip because of rising gas prices, you can still associate our brand with that freedom and fun of taking a road trip. So you don't always necessarily have to get in a car to experience our brand. So I think that that is probably the the best way to answer that, but I will also say that these economic cycles are cyclical. I mean It's a little redundant. Cycles are cyclical. But it's up and down. And it's just like we had the Arab oil embargo in the late 1970s, and people were suddenly starting to fly more than they were dry, yet our brand persisted. And so I just think if you continue to be a welcoming oasis for people to stop, as gas prices become more affordable, then they're going to pull over. And then you have to embrace technology and you have to embrace the future. So we already have several locations that have electric vehicle charging, and yeah. there are more locations coming on board. Actually, just last week, I got a notice from one of the store owners. And we don't own the stores. They license them from us, but we still are very much invested in the stores being successful. And one of our owners is investing in three of his stores that are Stuckey's East branded getting electric vehicle charging. So we're seeing more and more of that happen, and we're certainly working with the owners to encourage them to get EV charging.
0: So you're really leading the company that is known for interstate and, and roadside stops really into the 21st century. I'm, I've really uh, clogged all of your social media um, postings. Give us your Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, anything you, wanna, yeah. you want us to know.
1: Actually, the social media platform where I have the most followers is LinkedIn, which I love because we are a business and I like connecting with other businesses, small businesses in particular. That's under my name, Stephanie Stuckey. And then Stuckey's Corporation also is on LinkedIn. And then Facebook is Stephanie Stuckey. The other sites, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Are at Stucky Stop. So at take, a, take a Stucky Stop. That's a, actually a jingle that Stucky's had in the 1970s. Take a Stucky Stop. So that handle is derived from that song.
0: So very appropriate. We want all of our viewers and listeners to discover George Ann Peachtree TV to get out and discover this wonderful, amazing state that we live in. Thanks to Stephanie Stucky. And us join us. She's CEO of Stuckey's Corporation, just one of the most uh, American iconic road signs times in the nation. How many miles do you travel annually? What's well, oh, well, tracking your hand?
1: I should know that. I have put, gosh, I want to say it was about 40,000 miles last year. I Honestly, I should check. I will tell you one thing I do. It's hard for me to keep up with it because... I fly, and then I'll rent a car. I did that recently over the Christmas holidays. I flew to Albuquerque, rented a car, and drove to Reno. And you also stopped
0: in Winslow, Arizona.
1: I did Route 66 through Arizona and New Mexico. And that was just amazing. I did almost the entire stretch. And then I went north through... Nevada, went through Area 51, went to the Clown Motel in Tonopa, Nevada, in the middle of nowhere. Really fun. And Reno is a great town, which I had never visited before.
0: So I think we need to start a new podcast calling Discover America Run the Legends Discover Georgia. And we'll make oh, some yeah. money stuck in the homes. Thanks all of Oh, you. I'd love that. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for listening and watching, and i out to Scarra, Georgia. Thanks for listening. Thank
1: missing. you, Tim.